0: Uh, this is Lauren, this is Jenny, and this is Matt, and you're listening to Discography Discography Discussion.
1: Discussion.
2: I had to hit a button. It's Skype. There's a button.
3: (laughs) See, I love Skype video, but like Skype audio is cool, but it's awkward because you never know if the other person's like really into what you're talking about or not.
4: (laughs) Well, I'm going to warn you right now, I always look like I'm not into whatever's happening, so don't take it personally.
3: Oh, I I usually do, so no. (laughs) All right,
4: well, you can get sad if you want to, but it's just my face.
3: I might be down here just
2: staring off into space and be like, is he actually paying attention?
5: (laughs) Well, we don't
3: have too much on the old plate tonight. Um, We actually have a third host as well, but he had a uh, work emergency. Like, maybe at some point during the conversation, he'll come running in the door and throw on a pair of headphones, but...
2: I promise he'll be wearing pants if that happens. Yeah, I'm not
3: holding out. I'm not not holding out on that, so... (laughs) The reason we called you guys tonight was because, first of all, big fan. Thank you. Thank you. I started listening to the Roach Coach podcast, I guess a little bit before we did our episode on new Metal with... uh, We did ours with Joshua Toomey, which was the first time we ever talked to him, and uh, after the stuff that I said about Pantera, maybe the last time... Uh, (laughs) but um, I used it more or less to kind of prep up because it had been years since I discussed that topic. And, um, you know, I became a really big fan of the show over time because like literally everything I listened to, you know, pretty much all through high school, a little bit of middle school. And even though a lot of those albums may seem cringeworthy now, um, I found it really interesting that like, wow, these guys are listening to it and actually just like, is this good? Isn't this good? Like, there's not, like, a nostalgia attachment to it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I found that really interesting. And, uh, you know, usually people that like our show, they're like, hey, we listen to your, you know, what else is out there that's like what you guys are doing. Almost every single time, I'm like, dude, you guys got to check out The Roach Coach.
5: <laughs> oh, and and, and, and the, reason,
3: the reason is is because I was like, it's very similar to what we do, except they have a more – micro style of review, whereas ours is more macro. So we'll cover a band from the beginning of their career all the way through the end. So even if they have a couple of stinker albums, we might still praise the band. Uh whereas on your guys's end, um, first of all, you guys are never gonna run out of material. (laughs) <laughs> uh, whereas we uh we might after after a little while so well, after
2: all new metal is making a comeback so
3: you know these i know guys, you, you guys are set for here. life yeah on yeah. trend <laughs>
5: somehow i feel I like just... if
4: we tried to do one band our episode would be hour like a day
5: Oh, one god. day
4: long if we tried to do the whole life of a band. Oh god, yeah. So, I yeah. applaud you. That's
3: because you take every album track by track. We, <laughs> we tr- what do we try to keep it under Joe? Like 20, 25 minutes? I know we've gone like...
2: Oh, we try to keep it to at least 25 hours or less. Because yeah. <laughs> you could go on track by track for some of these bands. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this, so. is, this is how I know how excited he is to talk to you guys because the only time he really fans out, he forgets to introduce himself. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan, I'm the host of the Discography Discussion <laughs> Podcast You're the only host now? Uh, Joe is the uh, co-host slash engineer um, And the How's it going, empty chair over there is Jeff <laughs> So do you want to tell everybody who our guests are tonight? Yes, tonight we have our guests from the Roach Coach Podcast Do you guys want to introduce yourselves or do you want me to? We can introduce ourselves, that's fine Um, Lauren do it up do it do it
1: regular style yeah I'll do a regular style uh my name is Lauren Kozlowski with me as always the original uh roach rider Mr. Matt Nas and the angel Jennifer Bloomer hello (laughs) good evening everybody from the roach coach podcast you made it extra crispy there. You usually do Jenny first and then yeah. me. Wow. That's because normally, I swear, it's so funny. We do it every week. I always write it down and read it. <laughs> <laughs> my days, I would always write down stuff. Even if it's like, oh, it's your name. I write my name down because you can trip over anything it's insane so yeah in this moment i was like what do i normally say oh i introduce everybody what's everybody's names uh i don't remember so (laughs) well i feel
4: deeply disrespected and i will carry that chip on my shoulder
1: is this going to bleed
2: over into your next episode am i going to hear some serious hate headed his way yeah
4: i mean at this point you've tipped me
2: (laughs) she's not going to forgive you easily man and if you believe the new metal cannon is an actual cannon, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, and we have been infested by Lauren, Jennifer, and Matt of the Roach Coach Podcast before we get into that I want to take some time to say thank you to everyone for listening and for subscribing if you are not a subscriber you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com we're on google play we're on itunes we're on stitcher we're on tune in radio so if you have an amazon echo product you can say to it Alexa play the latest episode of discography discussion and she will we're also on facebook and on twitter at discuss. Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. It's time for discussmetal.com versus the Roach Coach Podcast. Enjoy.
4: Hey, you. Do you like the Tales from the Crypt series? Do you like spooky things in general? Then check out the Good Evening Kitties podcast. That's Good Evening Kitties Podcast. G-O-O-D-E-V-E-N-I-N-G-K-I-D-D-I-E-S Podcast. Each week, I'll review a new episode from the TV series, The Tales from the Crypt. Find me on Podbay, Podbean, or iTunes. That's the Good Evening Kitties Podcast. Check it out today.
3: Your appearance wow. on our podcast is the beginning of a slow decline of
4: <laughs> yeah, you be like, what happened? They're so mad now. <laughs> I think I think it's uh I think I'll recover somehow.
2: It's gonna take some time, right? Hopefully yeah. not too much
3: time.
4: No, I'll, I'll be all right.
3: <laughs> so I'm gonna get my boring interview questions out of the way first. Um, really, with uh, we're not we're not interviewers. like typically, like when we we have guests on our show, and we're really weird about, like, if they're in a band, we'll, like, have them talk about their favorite band <laughs> instead of us talking about their stuff. So, uh, our, uh, we don't have much of an interview style, but, uh, I guess the first question that I had, and I've written nothing down, so, uh, was why, um, what was the initial spark, this urge of, like, I want to explain new metal to people. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: well uh i mean i would say man i mean if you want to break it down really is that i mean jenny and i would talk about new metal all the time i feel like one of the first times we met like i feel like limp biscuit came up within like 15 minutes yeah it was just like almost
4: immediately we were talking about limp biscuits yeah
1: and and then just various things in our lives and in you know we're both improvisers matt's an improviser too and but we would we would be doing shows or hanging out or something and stuff would just come up and um i i can think of obviously like a big moment was uh jenny and i uh with another guy joe we went to see biscuit Oh yeah, And it was like a very last minute you were at like a work. Jenny was at a work party. Right. Mm -hmm. And I texted you to come down because we thought we were going to get backstage tickets or tickets in in some capacity uh, because we got um, alcohol to a roadie. It's a whole thing. Um, But basically at the last minute, they were like, no, you can't because it's a dry tour. And so you were basically contributing contraband. And we're like, oh, okay, sorry. And then, Jenny, you just, like, walked up to the box office and they just gave you a ticket, which was hysterical. Yeah.
4: Um, <laughs> well, I yeah. used to work at the venue. It wasn't yeah. like I just walked up and was like, give me a ticket to this. I was about to
2: say, what year was this and how many tickets were still available? <laughs> like in Teen uh, Wolf, you just walk I up? I mean,
4: it was maybe three years ago. 2014?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was sold out.
4: Yeah. Wow. So, but we got in mm-hmm. and it was very fun
1: oh yeah it was an incredible time um, and then we were,
4: i uh, yeah no go ahead lauren
1: oh i was gonna say yeah like we were down in the we were down in the pit
4: we were with the people
1: with the people and it was uh 100 unironic enjoyment which was really something that i like i turned around and i was like everyone here legitimately loves limp biscuit no one is here being like like kidding like everyone here like they would start a song and everyone would get pumped and like yeah everyone was screaming at each other it was the best time um fred durst went into the audience at one point and pulled out like like a little kid and took a picture (laughs) wow yeah Yeah.
4: i was i was just gonna ask you am i imagining that there were children there there were children there, there were children there There were right. come
2: on little Susie, little Johnny We're gonna go see Mommy and Daddy's favorite band Well, at least Daddy's That's
4: that's someone's uh, Yeah, that's someone's first memory Of being at a show Yeah uh, Was Limp Bizkit And then (laughs) uh, Afterward uh, I don't even remember why We were standing around outside
1: We thought we'd see Wes or
4: Fred Oh, that's right And then I I was wearing heels Heeled boots And I Tripped over a tr- like a, a construction sign, and I fell on a curb and I knocked my front tooth out. Oh my oh, god! Come on, <laughs> and it was it was, I, it, was rough. it was pretty bad. Yeah.
2: Wow. In, in spite of that painful story, uh, who here is happy <laughs> that Wes Borland is back in the band? Oh,
3: god. this, oh, everybody. this guy. Yeah. Everybody. everybody. There is yeah. no oh my band without Wes.
2: Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. Because I, I like I like Big Dumb Face, but um, yeah, Duke Lion yeah, thanks for going back to Limp Bizkit, Wes. We appreciate it. Can you make more awesome music like you know, $3 <laughs> bill, y'all? So, yeah. yeah it's, for sure.
3: It's hard. It's, it's been hard at first to accept it, too, because, like, I'm I'm definitely, like, more of a hipster when it comes to heavy music. So, like... It's not for the longest time like it wasn't okay for me to like stuff like Limp Biscuit or mm-hmm. even Corn or you know like mm-hmm. and, Fifth uh, Element Third Strike yeah like all these bands that I, like clearly I listened to for hundreds of hours but oh no no they suck I can't I can't do it because they're in this category you know and um, and that's really interesting about the, about how nobody was enjoying it uh, ironically I would have thought in 2013 that you know that there would be people that were just like totally pumped for it um and people that didn't just come out for laughs and uh but no that's really incredible so that was like uh i guess again despite the painful story attached to it uh i guess that was like kind of like a spark for you guys i'd say
1: that and then we did um we did a show and uh, an improvised show And in the middle of the show There was like this bit About like the world had ended And somehow We were talking about Like in character Talking about bands That we liked or whatever And corn came up And then I, I did, It just was always Always there Just always this thing And then there had been Multiple people Because uh, in the improv community Everybody is always like You should do a podcast You should do a podcast And I had done sure. one years ago and but it was like, well, if we're going to do one, it needs to be it's something that people or that I would be interested in that no one else is doing, um, which is an incredibly tall order to give yourself. But that was what I said. And because people like, I don't know uh, how many more, you know, white guys you need talking about movies. You know, I mean, there's right. there's the, those podcasts are, are out there. They're they're fine. Um, so uh, I read an article about Sepultura's roots on uh stereo gum and they referred to it as the greatest new metal album of all time and i was like okay because one i felt like i knew a lot of new about new metal at that time and i was like i've never heard roots and I was like, how do they make that determination? Is there any sort of like, oh, these are the best albums? And I found like a bunch of lists, but they were all sort of like half-assed lists that just were the usual suspects and tend to be written tongue in cheek, like if the, the best of the worst, that type of thing. Sure. And so I went to Jenny and I said, what if we just talk about new metal seriously, uh, you know, as serious as possible? And uh, you said, Sure.
4: I, I think that was my exact yeah. response. Was, sure. <laughs> yeah. that sounds cool. And
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we hooked up with Mr. Madnaz, uh, who initially was just like, "I'll just run your board for you," but um, we slowly sparked something <laughs> inside of him. And of course, he, he had a, you know, this love of system of a down. And right. then on top of that, just your music story, you know, and just so many things that Matt Nas has brought to the show. And then, uh, I mean, if your listeners have gone back and listened, it's, it's kind of an interesting, you know, metamorphosis of how the show has grown and evolved. Um, uh, when I listen to some of those early episodes, I'm like, we are so serious about <laughs> Deftones right now.
5: <laughs> so serious. So and locked then, in.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then I listened to, uh, you know, when I was editing the most recent episode that we just put up, and it's, like, all jizz talk. So, I mean, we've come a long <laughs> way is what I'm trying oh, to say. Oh, boy. Right? Come on, Lauren. Oh, we've all yeah. been there, though. Double. I mean, you come know, on. it happens. Tundra.
5: <laughs> if you've
2: heard the things I've censored from Jeff, who's not here,
3: yeah, we're almost there. It's almost gotten to that point. <laughs> yeah, that Loft profits discussion we had got really bad. Um,
1: um, and we, a buddy of mine asked if we were going to do him on the show, and I was like, uh, no, not with, that li- not with that lead singer. And then he... Uh, texting me later, and he goes, Oh, I <laughs> he wish didn't I didn't know. know about that.
5: He didn't know. <laughs> oh, that wow. was me. Know.
1: That was me. I had no
2: idea. I'm like, When did that happen? Yeah. Thank God um, I wasn't aware of that. I've been listening to that record for
3: a
4: week. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: that's rough. Uh, that's, <laughs> no, I uh, but yeah, that's that's so cool though. Like, I mean, I, I'm always interested in why people started podcasts because, like, for years. I didn't start one because I just figured that there was a million people out there doing what I was going to do or what Mm -hmm. I was thinking about doing. And then, um, really, whenever I look at it now, it seems more like there are a lot of interviewer podcasts where, you know, oh my God, I found the email address for my favorite band's bass player and I'm going to interview them and then they make connections and they go and they go and they go. Um... There aren't a whole lot of podcasts out there that are just kind of based around music criticism, uh, which I think is uh, tonight's topic, or that's what'll be on the uh, show notes. Is uh, music criticism and how it applies to modern day? You know, because I hear a lot of people, I hear a lot of people say things like, especially band members in interviews. Well, you know, music reviews are a thing of the past, and they don't matter, and they have no impact on whether or not people like the music, and you know, all this kind of things that you say maybe when you're about to drop an album that probably isn't going to go over well with people you know <laughs> yeah. and uh so it's it's interesting to hear all that and i think the general populace has the same mindset in the era of digital music um because it's like i can listen to a band immediately and decide whether or not i think it's awesome or or it sucks mm. or or whatever and it's weird that like nobody not very many people have that like middle ground anymore and I feel like that's where the music reviewers kind of still are relevant in the sense of, like, if you're not sure, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe maybe run it past a, like a professional music reviewer. Um, and so I, I, I guess my my question to you guys is, do you think that that's um, do you think the music criticism is, is relevant nowadays versus um, maybe a few years ago when you could only get it in like print magazine?
4: Who wants mm-hmm. to start on that one? Well, that's a, that's a tall order. That's a tall order of a question. But I I don't know. I guess I kind of feel like it's as relevant as it ever was in the sense that when you could only really get print, like anytime you could only get print criticism, you could only get physical copies of music. So as you're able to see like any sort of like a, a number of like people like any asshole can have like a blog where they talk mm-hmm. about, you know, whatever and review anything. Like by the time you get to that, you can also download a ton of music and stream it. So, um, I think the same way that there's like, just like myriad bands that you can listen to on any, like, f- like in, a- on any medium, that's a- it's the same thing with music criticism. It just like grows. And I think it's sort of, I think it becomes too much to actually take in all of it. So in the sense that like, are people taking it as seriously or like, are there more respected sources of criticism? Those are probably pretty diluted, but it's also the same way that, you know, people aren't rushing to like record store on release day to get these like releases because everything's just streaming or you can just steal it. So I think that also gets a little bit diluted. That sounded a lot more depressing than I meant it to. <laughs> but that's, that's my initial response. That's what I would, I would say.
1: I would say um, the thing that... Uh, is that I feel like there's this thought in the past that... Um, at a very base level, it's like, oh, is it good or is it bad? And it's like, I don't even need a critic for that. I can listen to it t- for myself. I have easy access. And I think that... Short changes criticism in that it, the good or the bad is kind of irrelevant. How what does it mean for the career of the artist? You know what does it mean on like a deeper level? Um, you know it's like if we're just, if you're just looking at reviews as like a consumer guide, um, unlike a well we bring them up on the show a lot. Robert Kreisgau, I mean that's what he calls his reviews the consumer guide. Um, you know you can look at it in a, in a way of like is this worth my time? But if it's like an artist you like that you know you're going to listen to anyway, then it's probably good to read some criticism to see what other people think about it. How does it measure up, you know, in their canon of music, you know, in their career? Um, I mean, I think, I think the big thing is that we're in this weird sort of... Um, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about this, this sort of post-Dark night Like if you don't agree with my review, if your review is negative, to the thing I love, then you're saying that I'm bad and thus I cannot support that. And I hate you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, yeah, that's we have this view of criticism that if it's if it's criticizing a thing that you love, then it is also criticizing me as a person. And, uh, which certainly there are reviews that, you know, go out there and say, this is bad. And if you like it, you're a bad person, which are usually not great reviews anyway. Um, but a lot of the time it's just, you know, this is a, a take on art. And, um, and I think also with, uh, I mean, if you guys were familiar with Poptimism, which is basically, you know, this post 2004 thing where pop music was given the same level of uh critical clout as any other type of music um if we can you know give that to pop music then we can certainly give that to new metal or anything else like that it's all worthy of examination certainly you can dig deep and find that i there's nothing there or there's not a lot there or every song talks about semen just to use an example from our recent episode, right? Right. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's yeah. Um, but I, I mean, as somebody, I mean, I consume a lot of criticism, like uh, you know, reading online. I mean, I buy books all the time. Uh, you know, that just I'm always reading that stuff. I've been reading, I've been reading Pitchfork since like 2002, I want to say 2001, and I mean, I still check it every day. I mean, don't always agree with them feel like maybe they've compromised a little bit since the condé Nas purchase but i mean still you know it's interesting to hear people talk about things and you know um yeah matt and Oz. uh
0: one of the interesting things for me and i'm gonna agree with lauren is working in a record store there wasn't a lot of time that i would go look for criticism of an album that i had right here So it almost became like staff favorites were more important than any criticism that another source or outlet would have. Because when we were in there, and I know Jenny worked at a record store, yeah. You were the tastemaker, So it was Oh, I hate that I just said that out loud
4: Oh, uh, well, we were the tastemakers, <laughs> man <Matt. laughs> Well, we were the ringers of bells We were the singers of songs That's why everyone in Detroit Has such shitty taste in music Because <laughs> we were the tastemakers hey, Well, make oh,
5: like, put On big dumb face Duke Lion <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, um, no but, but Because People would come in And they would say Like, I'm in this type of headspace What do you have? Or you know but i do see value in criticism and it needs it's almost more important now to have good critique because there's so much music it's like what i love about the internet is that it's open doors like uh, you know you have a podcast we have a podcast and there's so many podcasts it's like layers on layers on layers it's very difficult to understand which ones are the good ones which ones are the ones that you should be listening to so i feel like critique is even more important now but it needs to be good critique that's kind of separated from Like, nobody's going to do it for free, but it almost needs to be like that. Like, you know, you got somebody like the Needle Drop, Anthony Fantana on YouTube, who love him or hate him, and I have no opinion that I'll share. He is a guy who's trying to do in-depth analysis on records, and he'll be like, nope, don't like this, or I do like this. But I I just want to be in a place where I could trust someone in order to be like their opinion is... Valid to me, where it's, where it's like I don't have that as much. When I read a review online, it's like, this is a faceless person putting this up here. I don't know if it's good or bad. And the only other times that I use critiques are if I'm completely out of the loop. So, you know, Jenny and Lauren will tell you I know so very little about metal that everything that I find out is like. Just unearthing Like there's a what And how many So how many cores are there (laughs) Right (laughs) So then like you know We did the episode on Suicide Silence But there was such a visceral reaction to that record Yeah
4: nobody liked that
0: That I had to read the reviews Because I was like I have no context at all for this band Yeah So that's when I would go back And that's when a review for me would be like Oh Oh I don't know the ten-year history that this band was, and that they had another singer. Like those were things that the review helped me get to. I don't, I'm gonna stop talking. I feel like.
1: <laughs> no, that was great, Matt.
3: Yeah, that was Thanks. good stuff, uh, actually. And I'm gonna jump off of that a little bit um, with context. Um, you know, Matt, you brought up context, and that—that that to me is the one thing that I feel like makes music criticism valid really any during any era whether it's print era or modern era um i was whenever we did our episode on sepultura um which was like seventeen thousand hours long because we did every record and um (laughs) actually that's not true we got through all the albums with max on them and then we were like yep and then this record came out and it was okay and this one came out (laughs) and this one was okay you know because like i'd listen to each of them like maybe twice like prepping up for the episode and uh I, I actually read Max's uh, autobiography, um, My Bloody yep. Roots, and oh um, yeah, yeah. There's this podcast I listened to that recommended that I read that, so uh, <laughs> I did. And uh, so one of the things that I thought was really interesting is whenever they went and recorded their very first demo, which I think was called like bestial Devastation or something, something crazy like that, and uh, they were like, they they start playing. And the engineer's like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, This guys, this sounds like shit, you know? And, and they're like, no, 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 no. This is, this is what the style of music we're playing is supposed to sound like. And he's like, what? And so, like, they had to sit him down and show him, like, other bands that played music similar to what they were doing to for him to even believe that bands were supposed to sound like, that that was their intent, was to sound that way. And, um, so it sounds like a conversation I've had with you a few times, right? Well, and, but it's all context, right? So, like, right. Mm-hmm. you know, the very first time I hear Napalm Death, I'm like, this shit is just, I, I have, I literally had no point of reference for what yeah. I was hearing. So in my mind, and I would say in the mind of most people, whenever you hear something like that, it's like, no, it's bad. I'm just gonna push it off. It's bad, it sucks. And I think o- over the years of getting into, you know, because I started with new metal and I got into like a lot better like a lot heavier stuff a lot more extreme stuff um and i and there was the whole this whole idea of like you know i started developing this fascination with like introductory bands that like provide context um like when you guys did the demon hunter episode about how like maybe there are people that heard demon hunter for the first time that didn't know that metalcore existed (laughs) and so they listen to a band like that and then they they hear a band like something like kill switch engage and they're like oh okay and then they want and then they're like oh well you know what other bands like that and before you know it they're like you know into you know brutal death metal or something you know (laughs) like uh over a matter of years and i think i think one of the one of the things that i like about because i read reviews constantly i listen to podcasts uh that review constantly and um The one thing that I always like is when a reviewer is able to not just, like, genre drop. Like, a style be like, this band is a deathcore band, and they're really good at being deathcore, and they do lots of deathcore-y things, and then you kind of come away from that. It's like, what the hell did I just read? Because you you had no context. So I think, like, band comparisons and, um, you know, style comparisons and things like that are, like, are crucially important because I think a lot of people have the potential to be into a type of music, but for whatever reason, because they never actually had that guidance or that, you know, understanding um, that they kind of just push back from it and it could just be me being wishful thinking and being like the music i like is good guys you know you just need my guidance <laughs> to <you know. laughs>
0: well I, I we've i've talked about that with jenny and lauren probably off mic a whole bunch like i never liked new metal i was very much the guy who was like this is garbage it's awful it's a waste of time why are people listening to this i spent an an exorbitant amount of time being like limpus gets stupid and now now that i'm trying to get jack's son. Uh, Nothing's better to lift weights to than
3: rolling. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good workout song. I wouldn't know. See, I would have said Nookie was a better choice. (laughs) Well, you know, when you get in those dips going, then you
0: got to (laughs) get... Right. Wow. I'm going to take a nap after this. Um, (laughs) but, But one of the things that I've said a couple times to Lauren and Jenny is that this podcast continually teach The Roach Coach continually teaches me how subjective taste is because if you if the 2000 or the 1999 version of me was doing this show i wouldn't be any fun on it i would just be like this is stupid and this is and i'm kind of like that in the first couple of episodes until i just got into that headspace of like get over yourself listen to what's going on here oh you know what this you know when Sepultura roots is playing you're like it's pretty fucking awesome. Like, right. holy cow, we are we are in this now. All right, let's have a canyon jam. Let's do it.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think our I think our first, the first like stretch of time that we were doing the podcast. I think that we did come into it. I mean, I, I think that we had like probably uh, our idea was to come into it and discuss it seriously, but I do think that we all brought our own thing into it. Like, I was like, how many times are you going to say, bitch, I'm coming for you?
5: <laughs> all uh, right
4: like, I don't know, I think it's pretty cool. And Matt was like, this is all trash. And we just, I feel like you can only... Like you can only maintain that hardline stance for so long when you really immerse yourself in something and you, you start listening to it so much like I think that you just start to consider it differently um, I don't really know what my point is other than to say that like you know we talk about like you were bringing up earlier how like you know people like look at like new metal like ironically or people aren't really talking about it that much like it's not like we came in and we were just like All right, everybody. Here's like this super like level headed, reasonable. We're going into this with a completely open mind type thing. Like I think we all brought our own shit into it. And it was just like that process of like I mean, God, when we started this, I would listen to the album so many times. I know. Too many times. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I just think like after a while this is probably going to sound weird because it seems like probably a lot of your listeners listen to more like what would be considered to be heavy bands that like people wouldn't be like you fucking listen to that you nerd like. You'd be surprised <laughs> we
3: we did Deadzzy a week ago so we're not oh yeah we're not that cool mm-hmm. yeah all right well we <laughs> got the keys to Gramercy Park
4: yeah I mean we <laughs> have those brand keys what else do you but I have noticed recently that when i'm listening to things that are very much new metal whereas maybe two or three years ago it would like hit me over the head like oh god this is new metal Mm -hmm. it just sounds like normal music to me um and i don't know if that sounds weird or not but i just think that like i've listened to it so much that it no longer seems like a huge joke to me unless it really veers in a direction Mm-hmm. Um, that it would take like a methods of mayhem like level of something to like really take me to like this is like a complete joke uh, it's it's just weird like when you hear it so much it just it, it seems like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even like bat an eye if I heard a song that sounded like new metal now
3: yeah that's that's the crazy thing about it too and like it's it's that resurgence or whatever um, we did this episode on Pantera a while back that was more or less like a comedic thing where I didn't like the band so we capitalized on that in the most like ridiculous way possible we had like we had like to me come on and argue with me about it we had like a whole bunch of people come on and argue about it and um, I made bad shitty arguments on the spot and like it was so funny because as much like because now I'm known as the podcast host that hates Pantera the metal podcast host that hates Pantera and uh, what's funny though is like and like I was I just texted this to him the other uh, to Josh Toomey the other day I was like, you know, as much as you know this is what I'm known for now, I had to listen to so much fucking Pantera to get ready for that <laughs> that like now when I hear it, I'm like, it's not that bad, you know <laughs> like, oh, like you know I, I find feel myself that. yeah yeah like I'm like I, I'm like, I could our- dig this a little bit.
4: Yeah, our first episode when I like came in real hot at Corn, I had listened to that album like basically on repeat for a week and a half. By the time we got there, I was like personally mad at every single member of that
5: (laughs) band. After
0: (laughs) how long of a of a break? Like, when was the last time that you actually listened to the first Corn record before Roach Coach?
4: Uh, Probably. 10 15 years, you know. Can you
0: imagine?
4: I can. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say where is, is it okay
2: to listen to corn again?
4: I I mean now it's fine. I yeah. I like I just we went through like our our bodies had to adjust <laughs> to what we were doing. Like my tolerance is our tolerance is high now
1: yeah it is funny well when we get some feedback where people are like oh i think you were too hard in this album or you guys didn't you know and i always want to be like dude we we lived with this album for two weeks You bathed in this show (laughs) yeah like i mean once we yeah like we i mean now that I mean, I think it's in one of like the third or fourth episode when Jenny, you just sort of casually mentioned that you'd just been listening to the album on repeat. And I was like, wait a minute, how many times? And then I said, I listened to it three times and you got really mad because you're like, listen to it like 20 times more than you have. And then, yeah, I think now like, yeah, we're basically, we all, we do three for sure. If we really like it, we do four. I'm only done that like three times. I think, uh, disturbed, uh, Roots and uh, Soulfly. I think the only ones I've done four. So
4: yeah, and like back to what you're saying about listening to so much Pantera. I mean, I think of it sort of like, and now you can hear a song and be like that's oh, not that bad. It, it's the difference between seeing somebody around and like being friends with somebody or like living with them. Right. Like you want to set someone on fire when you live with them often because you're just like it's too much. But if you just saw them around, you'd be like, greatest guy. What a guy. Love that guy. <laughs> Should see him again soon. But if he lives with you, you're like, Chuck, that's- get out of my room. <laughs> Chuck. You've had enough over here. Yeah. It's time to go. Turn the TV off when you go to sleep. How about that?
0: Because <laughs> I can hear it. It's a plasma. I'm not upgrading, Chuck.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, that's what's so funny too, is like getting getting used to it too. And it's weird because like the times that we've and, and, and in your guys' honor, next year we're actually launching um what we're calling uh new metal may where we're only going to yes. talk about new metal bands nice. the, the whole nice. time do and, i get to uh, do
2: that as the intro in the honor of the roach coast podcast yeah we why not to you sure new metal may by discography discussion
3: doom, doom. <laughs> whatever you want no i want everybody to think all my ideas are original but uh no but it's weird too because like whenever i went back and was prepping for the new metal episode and that was just for one episode um I was really taken aback at just like because i you know listen to typically more brutal bands but like i was surprised at actually how extreme some of the new metal bands were that i was like i really took a step back because whenever i first started listening to like hardcore music um i really um i kind of considered that music on a whole nother level uh, uh you know of extremity um you know, like, especially with, like, tradi- more like more traditional hardcore music, where it was just all about energy, you know? It's, like, it's just, like, fast-paced, you know, just, just you know, in your face. And then you'd go back and listen to, like, a Primer 55 record, and it's like, God damn, these guys are just going so slow. And, uh, but then I, you know, I, I would go back and I'd listen to even, even on the first Corn album, like, there's stuff, there's, like, double bass on there, that, like, I'd don't remember and like just a lot of like a lot of really punchy in your face stuff um and i don't know if it's just like my age that's connecting the dots or (laughs) or what but uh i just would have never really saw it that way uh before prepping up for that episode and i gotta admit that i'm extremely jealous of you guys that you only have to listen to one album For two weeks
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> This was all your idea You know that It right? was and it seemed like a good Idea at first because like our first ten episodes Or or so were like bands that I was huge A huge fan of So I didn't have to prep up for it you know Like I knew and then we started Taking suggestions from listeners or taking Suggestions from other people and it got So out of control They'd be like yeah check this band out oh how many records They have They oh, I got nine and I'm just like mm, Okay
0: oh. All right. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to that in six months. Right. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Well,
3: that's why why for 2018, I actually made a schedule. So, like, I put the bands with, like, really heavy discographies at the end of the year. So we'd have, like, (laughs) months to prep up for it. Yeah. You put it. It's it's just it's a flag chart. And you're like, begin
0: listening to. Uh, does, how many albums Does King Diamond have I have no idea
4: But the, I couldn't tell you offhand
0: But if they have like Many 20, Many I'm gonna presuppose Several
4: Are we counting Merciful or
0: yeah. yeah Or yeah Jesus we, Yeah It's like We're gonna start in January For that episode in November <laughs> Jesus
3: Yeah like On discography discussion We refer to that as a Shit ton of albums And <laughs> it's just too many g- Like we're doing Napalm Death in June And I don't know how I'm gonna get through that oh shit Like God. that's Well Their albums are thankfully short you know, that's true. true. <laughs> but short and to the point, there's one song that's only one second, so I got that going for me. But um, So, like, yeah, yeah, there's what we did, which was just like, yeah, let's do the whole discography. It'll be a great idea. Let's do it. And then a year later, we're, like, super jaded about it. So what was uh, – what was, uh, was it, like, a main decision that you were only going to do one album per episode, or was, was that, like, a – is that, like, in the Roach Coach rules, or was that just something that you guys – just kinda came naturally. You just were like, Yeah, we're gonna do one record this week and then we'll do another record next week.
1: Yeah, I think the initially the idea was yeah, we would do one album uh at a time. Um, because I think I think we realized early on that I was like if we tried to do all of Corn, we'd have to sit down with gosh what? At the time would have been nine corn albums, I wanna say? How many and then they have ten now? Ten I think. yeah. Yeah so that that just didn't seem feasible and then it just seemed like yeah just one at a time we talk about it we talk about our relationship with it i mean the thing is early on we saw a lot of these albums jenny and i had both grown up listening to so we had you know long histories, backstory of when we bought it how young we were you know did we listen to it at our grandma's house while skateboarding? Was that a lie? Those type wow. of things. Well, well, well. <laughs> nice. And, uh, and and put you <laughs> on blast.
4: I mean, listen, I don't care. Damn. I lied about skateboarding in my grandma's house. I'll have all your <laughs> listeners know about it too. Slip oh. kick.
1: Uh, but now we're at a point where we are doing a lot of um, listener suggestions, and, uh, you know, we don't. Uh, our, sometimes our, our relationship to it Is like I saw that album cover once You know that's all I know about it <laughs> And um Going in Yeah so I think In that it just seemed like yeah for practical Reasons yeah we were just gonna do One an episode I think the also the initial Plan was that each episode wouldn't exceed an hour And that yeah. went away real quick it's impossible to do it's impossible you're gonna always go over we had a band meeting though
0: after the suicide silence episode because that one was over two yeah and we were like all right hour 30 is when i need to because i'm i'm with this the gear i need to like just make the symbol we've
5: got <laughs> to wrap this up <laughs> right Land and suicide the plane,
1: si- guys yeah, and suicide silence was also the episode where I kind of, I, I take the blame for that one. I kind of really pushed that one through because it was a Ross Robinson production. And I thought I had listened to it once and I should have, you know, I'd been doing the podcast for how long at that point I should have, you know, known my own rules that, you know, that first listen is deceiving, you know, you got to give it three. And so I did one listen and I was tweeting, oh, this thing's fucking awesome. And everybody it's new metal as hell. And you guys can't wait to do it on the show. And then we did it and like i mean jenny was shooting daggers just like Look, Why are we i'm doing
4: sorry this? i think that's like the tra- our tradition is like lauren <laughs> loves something and i'm like lauren this sucks and he's like oh you know, you know <laughs> the worst one though i think was uh machine head that was the worst time I think Lauren was like oh man I love this song I played it all the time in the announcements it was really cool and I was like dude Rob Flynn sounds like he's rapping in Teen Witch and then we listened (laughs) to it and it was the same and Lauren like his eyes like he always has a little twinkle in his eyes when he's talking about music and the twinkle slowly faded and I was like oh "Oh, no I don't want to be the Grim Reaper of your joy
1: I I got over it. I recently listened to From This Day while driving around, and uh, it's back. It's back. Just needed a little time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but The Suicide Silence one was also when we kind of made the decision that we were going to stick with, um, like, prime era, you know, 90s, 2000s, new metal, and we weren't going to really do anything new unless it, like, demanded it. Or if one of those bands, like, came to my house and was like, put me on your show, then yes, absolutely. Um, but otherwise, yeah, we're basically just keeping it uh, to that classic era. Can I make one suggestion from that era?
2: Absolutely. We no, love it. No, don't do it. I'm going to have to, Dan. Third strike.
1: It might even oh, be on yeah. your list already. Oh, 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 not only are they on the list.
5: Oh, I think oh, he's getting boy. something.
1: Big Thrifted Baby. Yes! Oh, shit.
5: <laughs> All oh. right.
1: I and think I think Joe's got
5: level. it in we'll our headphones right now. Best new be metal the band most, ever.
1: The, <laughs> this this is my one of my most ultimate big thrifts. If you guys can see, that's ninety nine cents. Hell yeah! Nine
5: nine there you go. <sighs>
3: now you
1: didn't get oh, the uh, you didn't get
3: the edited version of that, did you?
1: <laughs> oh no, parental advisory sticker okay, okay, it. Okay, okay, good shit. Okay. <laughs> oh dude, I'm these guys know i'm fine tooth comb on that stuff when i got that tap root
4: don't point at us we didn't i pointed i pointed first i pointed first
1: first. When i got that tap root i and it was edited that was like a dark day. I remember trying to convince myself it wasn't edited. I was so upset.
0: Or oh. had PEs broke where you can oh, only yeah. find it yeah. edited
4: right? Oh. By... That's rough, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
4: I yeah, had, to had to reach you out. You had to
0: drop some new metal dimes,
4: make <laughs> some <did>. phone calls. <laughs> I asked two people and the first person I asked was like, oh yeah, I've got it. <laughs> no
0: problem. <laughs> well, I didn't say a lot of dimes. No, I
4: know, I know. I love making it seem like I, w- I went out there. I was like. She beat the bushes. <laughs> yeah. This, this dude I know will have it. <laughs> and he did.
3: That's awesome. Uh, I typically buy uh, new metal CDs from my local Goodwills usually. Up until about a year ago, I could get them for 99 cents, two bucks or whatever. And at the time, I would just like take them and put them in like a – it was one of those like, yeah, I'm going to need a brown paper bag for these you know, <laughs> as I walk out the door with them. And, those uh,
2: were your $20 days come out with two bags. Like, oh, yeah, dude.
3: Like it used to be awesome and then, you know – now that everybody loves new metal again, it's like, I could probably sell my collection and buy a new car. You know, Although like- <laughs> well, there, will, there will always be a kid rock devil without a cause wing. Yes.
0: Every day. Yeah.
4: Yeah. That, that, I don't know.
0: The last place I went to that had, had CDs, like a thrift store type thing had like 20 copies Jeez. in the rack. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, that's that annex.
4: Yeah. Well, I, I, it's, it's interesting. I think I didn't realize that people were starting to get into new metal again until it was probably a few years ago. And like, so like Lauren said that we do like improv stuff. So we're very involved in that. And like, uh, there are some younger people who come to improvise. And so there were uh, a couple people who were like in their like late teens who'd come around and take classes and stuff. And like started talking about like, have you ever heard of this band limp biscuit? <laughs> oh my God, they're so good. And I thought they were being really ironic, but they were very serious. and it's been like twenty years, you know, so I, I think it makes sense that it's time for that to it's
0: peak nostalgia.
4: Yeah. and
5: mm-hmm.
4: the the thing that I think connected people to it then was just like being pissed off a lot of times in a way. That was it's it, this is like a vast generalization but I think like it's 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 more accessible than something like your more extreme forms of metal and it's 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 angry in a way that's like accessible and catchy like you're not gonna get hooks if you're listening to like death metal or grindcore like there aren't really hooks you know
2: absolutely so this is a way
4: for people to be like uh at, Listening to something that that feels heavy to them—that's like more angry than like your typical like alternative metal or like many kinds of punk—and Um and it is—it's—it is. I mean, I, I guess I don't know. It it would be I would consider it to be pop music. Like it's.
0: Well, we we talked about this in '99. The chart was, in sync, Corn, Britney Spears, Limp Biscuit. Yeah.
3: It was like a battle on TRL like, every week. Yeah, For every in 'ninety nine, I, w- I
0: was in college and I was watching TRL every day, and it was like, and here is Orgy with Blue Monday. All right, and here is In Sync with Bye Bye Bye. It's like this is the weirdest time, right? <laughs> so, isn't that something that I've only ever seen
2: with new metal? And I don't, I don't bring this this uh, observation up often because he makes fun of me, but new metal really is kind of the heaviest pop music that we've ever had. And I don't really think there's another step beyond that. At least the singles that you remember from the 90s and the early 2000s, that's the closest that pop music's going to come to metal. Because the 80s, we had hair metal, but that was just a little bit louder rock songs with a little bit catchier lyrics. And then new metal was, you know, Fred Durst talking about faith and Korn got got the life. It it snuck in and nobody was really paying attention, but then we all kind of caught on and it went back to being
3: pop music again. You really think that, like, bands like Under Oath and weren't considered, like, heavy pop music? I don't think it was heavier.
2: It was louder. They were screaming. Mm, I guess. They were also whining. We, you and I can
3: argue about that later, but... Maybe we will. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, what I... What I uh, my initial thought would be, like, what's different from a band like Limp Biscuit or many new metal bands to something like an Under Oath? I think it was just more of like it's pop culture like as far as pop culture is concerned mm-hmm. like the impact that they had on the culture like I think that Under Oath has a huge following obviously but it's not like I wouldn't consider it to be something that was like popularly followed by like like a mainstream audience the and way that I would think and
0: New Metal like had different cosines like you know, Method Man co signing Limp Bizkit and being there, or, you know, other rap acts being like, oh, no, we're, this is cool. This is fine. These guys are all right. So it was like this blending of two different, usually two styles of music that never, ever go together, you know, and both fan bases tend to be against each other. It was, you know, <laughs> take Run DMC (laughs) and Aerosmith's walk this way out of it and it was like one of the first times that like rap and metal for lack of a better term were coming together and people really latched on to it.
2: Because that was always what Korn said with the Family Values tour was our fans are the same they just don't know it yet.
0: Yeah. Because before
2: that you had Run DMC Aerosmith and you had Anthrax and Public Enemy. So it was almost like they were clued in on something that the rest of us weren't paying attention to. It's like, oh, you mean that the energy in hip-hop is the same as it is in heavy music? Oh, you, you put that together? Hey, good idea, yeah. guys. I, I'm enjoying this.
0: <laughs> they, they finally listened to Onyx's Back to Fuck Up. <laughs> <Right. Hell> yeah. <laughs> Damn, this is nice. Hype.
3: Yeah. No, and to be fair, to be fair, you're right. Like, I guess Under Oath, really, I think their highest-selling record was just gold, whereas some of these new metal bands were like, double triple I th- was like Slipknot's Iowa didn't that one go like four or five times platinum well that was Kid Rock's hook you know that would nine times platinum yeah well that would never happen with a band like Hunter you know like <laughs> um, but I think that's also like part of where I was then probably that year is that it seemed like pop music to me because you know I'm listening to shit like Morbid Angel and you know like I'm yeah. not I'm hearing it and all these kids are like, yeah, listen to all this really cool stuff. But like, I guess, yeah, if you look at it, in terms of overall sales,
4: I, I totally know what you mean, though, because when I think of under oath, I'm like, OK, swoop bangs, like get out of my fucking face. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. But it's just I don't think that that's like consumable on a mass level, whereas something like somehow corn Limp biscuit, I get like that's the one new metal band that i truly understand why it was like a mainstream popular band like i i feel probably because that's the one that i got <laughs> when i was like 13 14 i was like oh i get this yeah. like i even though like i always thought fred was i was never like super fred person but i was a super west person sure and uh He
3: appeals to both crowds. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I, I think so. But I yeah, I mean like when I think about like I mean and I love a lot of like bands that are much, much heavier than, you know, what we listen to. Um so I see what you mean. There are plenty of bands that I would just I consider to be like um I, or I did, especially when I used to be a huge dick about metal. <laughs> like, would not admit that I listened to new metal. I'm still there, uh, so but it, it's all good. I, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I get it. I get it. I just think that, like, now if I'm doing a a podcast about new metal and I'm improvising, like. I can't pretend like I'm cool or like I, you know, like it's, it's hard
0: to hang your hat on the cool peg. Right?
4: There's like a level of like how many times you can do games where it's like, all right, guys, like let's clap and make a wacky noise. And then I'm going to go listen to Stain 100 times. Like, oh, God. I can't pretend to be cool anymore. You're lucky to you still be alive after that. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm doing all right. But I know what you mean about like feeling like bands like Under Oath or whatever would be more on the poppy side because it's not. it it is much more accessible than something like a Morbid Angel or, like, even, like, a a Macabre or, like, something like that, you know? Like, that is something that you got to get pretty specific and listen to a ton of stuff. And, like, you got to dip your toes in the pool a bunch. So, I don't know. My rant is over.
3: No, it's all good. I mean, I I get it. Like, I... This podcast has been really like I, I started off I think more of a like a dick about metal. Even though I thought I was like much better about it than I used to be. But like it's really hard. I think I think what really broke me, I remember I was listening to I was listening to your guys' episode on the sickness. And I remember uh, yes. there being this air at the beginning of the episode that like you guys were ready to shit on it you know like or or, or that 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 was the impression that you were trying to give the listeners that you guys were ready to shit on it and you get about halfway through it and you're like yeah this is this is actually really fucking good you know like um (laughs) and and that you know paraphrased heavily but yeah like it was it was funny seeing that like starting off of like all right i got my defenses up you know and it's it's interesting whenever you kind of just let go and you take things, you know, kind of for what they are and how they actually make you feel, like, minus all the bullshit about whatever, you know. I mean, I guess at my age, I'm not, like, worried about what, like, other kids in school think about what I think about a but band. But subliminally, you're wondering
2: what old you would think.
3: Yeah. Would old me beat my ass? Absolutely. <laughs> but, like, I think, uh, and that's really what opened us up, like, because we we started off predominantly like we were doing like thrash bands and death metal bands and stuff at first and then i don't know really when it happened but like we've started being like oh, i don't know if i want to call us a metal podcast because like i want hmm. to talk about deadsy next week guys or i want to talk about you know um what's the most non-metal thing we've done joe is it deadsy you know what? Just just for the sake of argument, I'm going to say American standards. American standards. There you go. Yes, least metal yeah. band we've done. <laughs> Good buddies ours, but uh, I, I really uh, I really found it like the, it's it's really been helpful to me as a as a reviewer to kind of see like you know this whole like how does it make me feel and how does that relate to the actual person that might be hearing this for the first time or might be reevaluating a classic you know like deciding if mm. it's still cool uh or not cool i that made
0: me think of something because like one of the first books i read about um about like criticism was fargo rock city uh, and i ended up that was like 2001 i want to say that was when i read that book and um I'm, i didn't know anything about chuck klosterman or or had read anything to of it but i was like ah that book title is pretty funny and i read it and he was like the first reviewer the first like critique person that i read who was just like here's how i look at albums i only have he says some son of a sum of money i only have like a hundred dollars to spend on the records that i'm gonna spend the rest of my life with so i just put a value on songs like it's this crazy thing but he's just like how much money would you pay in order to hear that song again or if you don't pay the money you'll never hear the song again so he's like smells like teen spirit might be worth 150 dollars to me to make sure that i keep it because i want to hear that song again but in bloom that one can go i don't need it like he, it's this weird kind of and i'm doing a really poor job of explaining it but he really puts it like appetite from for destruction how much is that album worth to me well, what if if the equation is you will never get to hear a single note of this for the rest of your life he's like oh now he kind of shifted the balance on the importance of the record whereas like there's some things like in 99 i was listening to a lot of goth industrial like that was the head and probably a little bit more into the like the idm intelligent dance music thing so like i was into bands like x marks the pedwalk and a pop Tigma berserk and (laughs) and glow sticks um guys i had wide pants what can i do who didn't um
3: who didn't didn't? we all did too the new metal fans we had lots of we had (laughs) Oh, I yeah. used to be able to fit a Sega Dreamcast in the, in the <laughs> pocket, Came the cargo $99. pocket $99, of the pants. David. Yeah, I mean, my God, like that was... Left side, two controllers, three games,
2: all power cables, right what side was the Dreamcast. <laughs> he reaches in his back pocket, he pulls out an N64. I'm like,
3: Jesus! You know what, though? Nobody could ever say I wasn't ready. No, you, you know? were ready I mean, for every LAN party. I yeah. love it.
0: I love it. So like, <laughs> back then in 99, I would have been like, these are the albums I'm keeping, I haven't listened to any of them in like 20 years. So, oh my God. Right? The
4: amount I would have spent on Ska in no. 1999.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would still spend some
4: money
2: on Ska. I mean, I, I uh, mean,
4: you know, I would too. But geez, I'm glad that I didn't have to make that choice
2: then. Five Iron Frenzy? Yes. Oh,
4: oh yeah. We know.
3: All
0: right. We know.
3: They're, <laughs> right them here. and
0: the W's saw him on
3: tour. Just because they talk about new metal doesn't mean they're not woke. You know? <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I still don't like Ska. Just going to throw it out there.
1: <laughs> we um, know, Lauren.
4: We, we know, know. We know. That's <laughs> why you're there and we're here. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ooh, All right, guys, yeah. we're we're changing from now on to ska only. Yeah. Hey, discography discussion. Come on, Disco- Oh, oh, okay. There you go. That that I'm shocked that that's not a ska
0: band. Yeah, yeah.
4: Discography has to be a ska band somewhere. Who wants yeah. to
2: play
0: saxophone? All right.
4: <laughs> I don't know how, but I'll obtain one and just. <laughs> you just hold it and do kicks. Yeah. There you
3: go. Right. Yeah, I can wear one really well. Yeah. Yeah. The only yeah ska doesn't. I don't hate it's, it. I liked. I like. You know. I like some of the rockier ska stuff, like the urge, and you know. But that's. Uh, some people would say that's not even really ska, but fuck those it's people. It's St. Louis <laughs> rock, is what it yeah. is.
0: And we. Oh, love that it. third wave of ska washed over Jenny and me pretty hard.
4: <laughs> sure did, sure did. We were bathed.
0: We were <laughs> bathed.
4: Truly bathed. What are you gonna do that's awesome. when you
0: get a real big fish wave? Oh, hitting Oh, when
4: MU three thirty hits you. <laughs> You're not going to be the able to
0: stand. Are happening. Oh
4: boy, yeah.
3: Well, I wish I, I wish I had some kind of grand sweeping point that I was trying to make, wrapping all this up. But uh, it's, it's just always good to kind of kick back with other podcasters and you know, um, try to just kind of, kind of compare and contrast styles and um, kind of get an idea of like you know where everyone's good. Like get, kind of get an idea of like where podcasting is going and you know. Are we are we behind you guys in what we're doing? Are we ahead? No, not like that. But no. uh,
4: <laughs> you're probably ahead. They, uh,
3: they've had
2: improv training. They're ahead of us. Yeah, they're su- definitely. I ahead I assure us. you of that. Dude,
3: when they started recommending books, I was like, "Holy shit, Joe! These guys are way smarter than we are." <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get you, you to did do read improv. The book, right? Yeah, right.
5: <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> we uh, did pretty straight ahead book. Yeah.
3: Yeah. How did you guys get approved on iTunes if you didn't read the book? Yeah, <laughs> Cliff Notes. <laughs> There's Cliff Notes on that book. <laughs> No, there's not. <laughs> but no, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your regular recording schedule. I know it's probably hard for you guys being separate now. Um, I'm a huge dick about that. Like I never like I never let our third host Skype in or anything. Like, I'm like everyone has to be in the same room. They're very accommodating for me.
4: Yeah, Lauren, how dare you? I well,
3: know. I bring- I remember when Lauren
0: said that he was going to, we we started working on how to make it. I've never done a mix minus out from my board until he moved. And I was like, all right, how do I do this? So we figured that out. And then it was like, all right, um, I'm going to record my side. You'll record your side and I'll record everybody together. And then Lauren
1: figure it out from there.
0: Yeah,
3: (laughs) that's awesome.
1: A lot of fun trial and error, but... We're pretty much. I mean, we've had enough people tell us that they didn't know that I'd moved. Uh, that I was like, okay, then it's working. It doesn't.
3: So. Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't sound like it on the podcast. Um, and I'm nitpicky as shit. I, like, whenever I got your email saying that, like, there, you're like, well, I'm in, in I'm in uh, Indiana now first thing that happened i was, was like he he's recording is no i was like he's recording his audio onto his computer and sending and mailing it over like <laughs> that's the only way it could sound that yeah deep. well
1: i listen uh, i was listening to a uh, a music writer podcast called no plus ones mm-hmm. and i've been listening to it for about a month or two and then one of the guys casually goes you know, Nick, you're in New York and I'm in LA. And I was like, wait, what? Stop right now. Because they, I had no idea. I was like, "And yeah. And they sounded, I
3: mean, they must be using like $100 mics. Like it's, yeah. Um, Are you guys, uh, are you guys getting stoked up about having to do an ICP review? Because it's going to happen. Oh
4: yeah. I feel like we got
3: I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I have
5: spent
0: a majority of my life bagging on ICP. I hear like, you. I hear you, man. I hear you. Just unrelentingly making fun of them. And then this show happens, and I actually meet people that love ICP, and they're so awesome. You don't hate them. So, yeah. <laughs> they're so nice, and they're like... Oh, we get it, but y- you don't. And I'm like, oh man, all right. I make fun
2: of ICP until I remember how many times I've listened to the Great Malenko in my life. I wish I could say it was less than fifty thousand because it's been on repeat for a few years.
0: I'm not gonna lie. Great Malenko. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready, man. I'm. Uh, I, I get. I don't want to be a hole. I think that's...
4: Uh... don't be a Neddenhole. Yeah, you know what. Like, I think if if anything, it, this is very cheesy, but like doing this podcast has definitely made me a lot more like open and chill about what other people like. And in retrospect, I'm like, who the like, hell did I think I was to be like, oh, you like fish? You suck. I'm still like... How do you listen to that much fish? Like, <laughs> but it's from a place of curiosity more than it is like a judgment.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So equipped with that newfound wokedom, as I think you said, we were woke. Which I don't know. I've, <laughs> never, <laughs> said <that>. I've <laughs> never said that. I've never <laughs> said that word in that cement. context
3: before in my yeah. life. <laughs> I just thought I tr- <laughs> thought I'd try it out.
4: We're new metal woke. We're new metal woke. Yeah, <laughs> but I I am actually looking forward to listening to icp in the same way that we have been listening to new metal because it's I, I i don't know i almost feel like we're in matt's shoes of having to give it the benefit of the doubt
0: yep yeah because that's the thing we didn't mention i do not listen to the albums uh every every episode it is my first listen wow, hearing everything okay. that's so awesome that those are like and i like that because it's like my first takes. When Jenny and Lauren know exactly where the song's gonna go, and there's a couple times where I, you know, like, we for anybody who's not listening to Roach Coach, um, please give us a try. But uh, one of the features of the show is that we will play significant portions of the beginning of the song, and when the song starts, um, and this happened like maybe three or four episodes in. I just started circling my finger in the air and I'm like, this one activates the pit. Right. And now it's a thing. Now yeah. it's like right up a thing where it's like, does this song activate the pit or does it stoke the pit? What do you want the pit or to does do? does
1: it not do anything? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want the pit to do? Yes, I just listened
3: to the Tapper one uh, the other day because we just... Uh, we just interviewed the drummer from Taproot that was the drummer on that album. And I was like, I wonder what the Roach Coach had to say about this record.
4: Oh.
3: <laughs> you know, Please I, uh,
4: never tell them anything we say. No, no, no,
3: no. I, I think They're I did the interview in before I listened. They can drive over and kick my ass. Well, yeah, it's funny <laughs> is I had originally contacted him to see if he wanted to talk about Limp Biscuit with us. Um, and he's like, no, we're talking about Metallica. And I was like, all right, fits our... Fits our format better but yeah like uh so we ended up talking about metallica with him but uh i was really like man you know limp biscuit we could we we could break the mold it'd be the first time we ever even really mentioned limp biscuit on discography discussion it's also uh, the
2: first time it's been played
3: yeah yeah so we uh yeah it was just really funny (laughs) to hear that reaction of like what do you and it's weird because i i loved that album uh gift because I, it was one of those I bought it when it came out uh, years and years and years ago, and I remember thinking like it was so great because it, like there was so much different shit going on. It was one of those like master of none kind of things where they they, they tried Holy. a lot of different stuff, but they never necessarily excelled at any of it. <laughs> and uh, and I just thought that was really interesting going back and listening to it again and being like, yeah, you know what, this this is a little too all over the place, you know. I, yeah, I didn't mention any of that to him whenever we went on. <laughs> yeah. with I don't see it going over well. Yeah. We were like, you're great. Your man's great. We love you. You know, <laughs> all that, uh, which is all true, of course, if that, if this portion ends up in the podcast, um, because Joe, uh, Joe will take this conversation and he will hack it and slash it to the point where we all sound amazing. There's no, yeah, there's no awkward pauses. I mean, it's just, I am the enemy of Skype latency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I did have a question because I listened to a few episodes uh, before we came on, just because I wanted to make sure that I I knew you guys. That explains and the extra three hundred
2: downloads. That we explains
0: got. why. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: How many times did no. you listen
0: to the Megadeth episode? <laughs> oh, I, I never stopped. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Hello, me.
0: It's me.
4: <laughs> right. Oh no, multiple Dave Mustaines. Don't.
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs> you just just be glad Josh isn't here. There'd be at least five. But I did have a, I listened to the System of a Down Episode Which um, Oh I wasn't on that one I My know, wife is a baby it. Smart, yeah. man, <laughs> smart
5: man Smart <laughs> man
3: I was like What the yeah, hell do-
0: And then I listened to The Tubi episode And I was like Alright everything's cool But I You in that episode Joe you talked about Sequencing Kind of being a lost art Yes and we talk about sequencing a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the show because we think it totally can make or break some albums where it's like, Why is this record so bottom heavy? It's like all the all the fast songs are at the end or all the heavy ones are at the end or it's it just becomes ballad central at the end of it or it tools out and we're like no what are you doing 23 minutes later I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts because I didn't get the whole picture like where did that come from for you
2: the first record I ever listened to was let it be by the Beatles courtesy of my mother and for as random and, cu- and cut up as that record ended up being, now that I'm older and I know the story of the Beatles, and that they were basically just hanging out in a room together trying to get that done so that they could stop being a band because they hated each other, or at least you know John and Paul had their little tiff going on. That and Abbey Road for me are the templates for how an album works as a whole. Yes, it's important that I hear the single. Yes, it's important that I hear the other good songs on the record, but sometimes you can just you can kind of sneak some stuff in that maybe doesn't fit or doesn't really have a purpose other than to take up space. But as a whole, y- you're supposed to be listening to a journey. That's the point of hearing a record as a it's supposed to be a journey. It's supposed to be a story. The best albums that I've ever heard give you An emotional response from beginning to end And all stories That are based on The Shakespearean version of story I'm bringing up Shakespeare on the podcast uh, (laughs) They're supposed to start They're supposed to peak They're supposed to break And then they're supposed to resolve And sometimes the resolution is a tragedy I said all that to say this When I listen to a record I try to Take it all in And even with System of a Down, and with rock music and modern metal at that time, I feel like what we had as a storytelling tool was tempo. It wasn't necessarily the heavy song leading into the slower song. I've heard every band that was famous in the early 90s and the late 80s talk about the metal ballad was always track three. Your first track was your opener, your second track was your single, and your third was your ballad. So that gave me this idea that records could start fast, start full, and then they kind of resolve. And I started always started sequencing records whenever when we had our, our band, End of Destiny. When everybody was walking around at the end of the session talking about, oh, this is going to be the track listing, I just kind of sat there and said, no, it's not. And then they'd come at me and it's like, so this is how we're going to lay the record out. And all I said was that just does not make sense. And I don't really know wh- why I feel the way I do about it, but it's really important to me that something goes somewhere. It either slows down and then speeds up. You know, He's been telling me as long as I've known him, you, know, you can't have a slow song without having something fast. Mm. So no, it doesn't matter how fast you play. If you don't have a slower song next to it, It doesn't... There's no release. There's no relief. There's no stepping off the gas. Yes, you can put your foot to the floor and you can go 120, but eventually you're going to run out of gas, and what's the point?
3: I think all I said was that a band shouldn't blow their load on the first song within the first 30 seconds. Like, let's say, you know, if a band's... If their goal is to be extreme, don't be as fucking extreme as you possibly can be right away don't you want to build up to that like get people seven to eight tracks in and then you hit them on a completely different level than you did before like just kind of keep everyone guessing um i mean i i think his explanation with the shakespeare and all that is a lot a lot more refined but like it it is like like album sequencing is so it's a lost art it's so important yeah like people really i feel like especially in the digital age where we're kind of in the age of songs not the age of album right we're Uh, back to singles culture absolutely in a way yeah um and really sometimes sometimes you can hear a song and think it's great but it'd be completely out of context from the rest of the record and if you listen to the song before it and after it you might come you might come away with a completely different perspective on it And actually, singles culture is the best explanation I could possibly give it. Because
2: singles, way back when, it was give us your 25 cents and we're going to sell you the next four minutes of your life. Albums were give us five bucks and we're going to give you the next hour of your life. And now we're back to singles where you don't have to buy the whole record. You don't have to get the seven songs that you don't like with the one that you like. You can just buy the song that you want for 99 cents and everything's a playlist now.
0: Yeah, but I I think there is the counterpoint to that where even though it's definitely not in the metal genre, that hip-hop is, in a lot of ways, the the artists in hip-hop are at least trying to take some of those things and make full albums. I mean, I think A Tip Pimp a Butterfly is a good example of that, where it's like whether you like the music or not is not what we're talking about right now. But I think that narrative arc that he put in there is what they were doing what we were seeing at the end of the 90s and into the early 2000s with other artists but yeah it's just fewer it's fewer and farther between because it's like i'm gonna make it because i put this song on soundcloud and then soundcloud gets big but like coloring book probably has um, chance the rapper's uh last album um has a narrative to it too but it's just it's onesie twosie instead of like we had a period where it was like almost every artist this is the way that you were thinking about music this is the way that you were thinking about it and the way that you were laying it out that when you revisit things from that time that didn't get it or didn't get it right it really really stands out big time yeah which is why i think albums like to pimp a butterfly get called out so much or Um, because it's like, oh my God, they're, they're doing the, they're doing the thing we all love that, that arc that you're talking about is the thing everybody loves. It's innate in us. You know, that's the hero with a thousand faces. That's the, that's what we want. We want to see that journey. We want that. We, if I don't get denouement, I, you know, like (laughs) we, if I don't if I don't hear the resolving note, I get like I feel like what, what is it? It's because it's part of my DNA where it's like that's what I expect in my music is like we hit the G and then we go to this note, whatever the right one is that resolves it. I'm now just that, that yeah. would be a B flat. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that
2: has gone away for a period of time and it'll be back because it always comes back, and that's storytelling in art and it kind of. Where, where we lost it, we're starting to see it again with movies because filmmakers are taking things more seriously and music, we're back to singles culture where it's okay, yes, you realize your business is how many dollars can you get from insert number of thousands of people where before it was if we can get $10 out of people, we've made our money, but then unfortunately people started stealing music. <laughs> And what that proved was, if you can make it available to me, I'll be happy to pay you that 99 cents for that one song that I downloaded
3: 17 times. 10 bucks a month, man. Spotify, right. stuff like that. This this podcast would not exist without services like that, because it's not like I have every album you know, that, that's ever been made. Right. Um, it's really weird, too, because of however I may feel about that, like what that's doing to music or what it's not doing to music... Um, it's one of those things where it's not really like a, like it's a necessity for me to keep doing what I'm doing so it's kind of that selfish like, yeah I know it's destroying music and screwing over my favorite artist, but I don't care because I gotta go do my thing over here <laughs> yeah, I went nowhere with that But <laughs> you You guys have mentioned that you all do improv,
2: so please, for his sake answer this question, <laughs> do you think that improv makes you a better reviewer? Does it make it easier to explain an abstract thought that you might have? Like, I, I can't put into words why I like Between Angels and Insects. It's groovy, it's heavy, but I can say those words 17 times in one minute. Does improv make it easier to
0: be on the spot? I like that we're taking as long as possible to yeah. answer this
1: question. <laughs> as great improvisers. Who wants to go first? Um, I mean, I don't know if it necessarily i mean i feel like hmm, let me think on this um i mean i feel like i've always have been opinionated about music and my thoughts on it and doing my best to explain why i like something beyond just saying it's good or it's bad um so i don't know necessarily improv uh i don't know it, it excelled that or anything like that i mean jenny what do you think
4: i think that spending as much time improvising and like doing written shows as i have makes me maybe a more empathetic reviewer because there are a lot of times that i'll be listening to something and i'll be like i see where i think i see where you were trying to go with this i think it didn't quite land that way or I just think that it it helps me to have more respect for the amount of time and effort that it takes to create something and how even with best intentions and very talented people, and I'm not necessarily including myself in that, but I know a lot of people who I consider to be very talented, who've worked very hard on things that frankly aren't good. And I've <laughs> absolutely been terrible <laughs> many, many times. So... I, I think it sort of helps me to approach things that maybe didn't work out well or like, or I, I don't necessarily like I'm not coming in hot like this sucks, you suck it's like, you know I think I see what you were going for here it's not quite that thing before I started improvising and like actually creating things I had a lot more of like a a harsh hot take on a lot of stuff so that's the way that it impacts me
0: I think for me, where the improv helps is when we're listening to something and we don't know what to say about it, we'll sometimes create the character and I know that they'll support it. That would like this type of music or that would appear when you're listening to something like this. Like Prowlor is a character that we have on the show who lives outside of the bushes of Jenny's house. (laughs) And I forget the first time that he appeared, but it was just like... It was just like a slinky bass line was playing, and I was like, "Oh yeah, baby, I love
5: it." <laughs> <laughs> and
0: then it was just like, because I think Lauren said something about like, "This sounds like somebody's gonna
1: break into your house," and I'm like, "It's me, the Prowler." <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I mean, generally, whenever I'm writing my notes for a given album, I'm generally trying to not just say the same thing every time. So I'm trying to think of like. Uh, you know how does this new sound i mean my hope i mean we've been lucky enough that we keep encountering things that we're just like this is a complete surprise i did not expect this to happen and i you know think of some new way to describe some sound i mean i'm writing about any type of music i mean i feel like the dancing about architecture line is always going to be very true uh and you know we're I mean, we've we've kind of created our own vernacular on the show with, you know, smooth boys and everything like that. Um, Dirty riffs. Dirty, yes, dirty riffs and uh, crunchy, crunchy guitars. And I mean, yeah, we're yeah, we're just trying to, yeah, be as illustrative as possible in describing, you know, what sometimes feels like is, you know, undescribable. Yeah, those were good
3: answers.
5: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, all right. Great. No, for sure. For Victory.
4: sure.
3: Yeah. You. You. Yeah. You've got the discography discussion stamp of approval. Um, oh, thank you. Oh, thanks, guys. But, uh, <laughs> thank you. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's the prestigious stamp of approval. Okay. You got to oh, use all the words. Anymore. Well, yeah. It and that's that's interesting too. Yeah, like having to. Uh, first of all, I love the characters, but seriously, I, I mean this with total respect fuck you guys for coming up with activate the pit because now <laughs> <laughs> literally literally every single time i'm listening to a fucking song and it gets starts getting real intense i i hear one of you guys in my head just go activate the pit and i'm like
4: i, fuck, you know, like, I every- think credit must be given to scott Vogel i think he said activate the pit yeah in earnest and then we just sort of lift i mean i I'm pretty sure, or Matt Noss. <laughs> so we're gonna have to get them it to has, fight about it. Has it
3: has ruined my life in the best <laughs> way possible? But because yeah. <laughs> it wasn't something I was paying attention before, to before. Because it was like, yeah, like heavy bands, and it's heavy. It's supposed to be heavy. What the fuck do I care? But then I started thinking about it. Like, man, I never thought about it like that before. But I was like, man, right here, this band's really kind of half-assing it. Like, it started mm-hmm. off strong, and now it's now it's not now they're just like how do we fill up two minutes before we could do that again (laughs) because if we just do the same thing again you know in a 30 second loop over and over and over again then you know we'd be mad ball but no it's like you know (laughs) i just uh oh my god i can't i can never get that out of my head and uh luckily i think i think we've avoided catchphrases so far haven't we joe absolutely not we've got cat stranglers yeah, Cat Stranglers
2: for thrash metal solos. We've got... Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
5: We've
2: got Professional Metallica Comparacist. One of our first hosts, Josh. Me.
3: He literally could compare any band, no matter how different of a genre it was, to Metallica in some way, shape, or form.
1: I spent a long stretch of the first... I think if you go to like the first 30 or so episodes, nearly every episode I would find a lyric and be like, is this a um, sadomasochistic relationship? And then Jenny would go, "I don't think so, but one day it'll happen." And then I think we found like there was some album, and I was like, "You guys!" And I think Jenny was like, "Yeah, I think you're right. This is the one."
4: Finally. And I think for you.
1: And I, I don't think I brought it up since because I think I was just looking for that one, All right?
4: So you find the one. That fire that one got extinguished. Special
5: moment. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: It's that. It's that obscure quality
2: assurance question that you always have to answer at the very end is this the sed-
3: sadomasochistic relationship
5: <laughs> <laughs> no
3: it's definitely how i judge all of my lyrics <laughs> finally
0: is this really do i have to say yes okay use some uh, lauren would sometimes be like is this a sadomasoch- re- sadomasochistic relationship between a boy and his dog <laughs> like,
3: you the, like weird left field <laughs> that's awesome like, <laughs> Yeah, but you don't this, know. It was like you know? total,
4: like whatever, like parents coalition, like that, put the parental advisor and they're like, here's well. your chick tracked,
0: And let's yeah. talk about,
4: he's like, I'm not so sure. I'm pretty sure this is, if you play this backward, it's about,
1: <laughs> I, I mean, we've, we've, uh, we've definitely earned the label of your new metal parents.
3: I mean, that's a hundred percent yeah, there's definitely an oh my to some of the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> clutching my pearls. Oh my yeah, goodness! Constantly. They do not seem like nice boys. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing that I one thing that I really do also enjoy about the show is that like your guys is actual giving a shit about the lyrics. Um, because I can't tell you in heavy music in general how much of a shit nobody gives about the lyrics. And, uh and that's I think it's cool that you guys actually like read you know portions of it or or discuss what you think the songs are about because I think that's like really missing from a lot of because to me Pantera is a prime t- prime example the song might be cool as hell but if he's talking about like you know I fucked your girlfriend last night you know <laughs> like I don't know like it it changes the yeah. entire dynamic of it
1: well uh yeah I, I think. I, I, I think early on that was also we kind of needed to dive into the lyrics because otherwise we'd be like hot riff next track, you know. Right. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> that's uh, a real smoker. Oh <laughs> yeah, another hot one for my boys. Uh, so yeah, and um, I think early on, I think really Jenny, you were you were going to it was even pre songmeetingscom com. You were at you were going to azlyrics dot com. Yeah. That was your early one. And then you found song meanings, and then we found all these this amazing community of people who existed largely in 2002 to 2005 who would get in arguments and discuss, you know, <laughs> yeah. seriously. Very heavy you know. arguments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Intense arguments about the lyrics on Iowa. And yeah. And, you know, and they all have incredible screen names. And, uh, you know, corn fucker six, six, six. All right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I feel like, well, I feel like the, um, I mean, going back to the show and the criticism, I think a a lot, a lot of the time it was like, these bands are dumb. Their lyrics are dumb. And I I can tell you in the, you know, when I, when I got out of college, I was listening to like a shit ton of indie rock Mm -hmm. and Every now and again, you know, you go and you listen to some of these bands who are like, you know, beloved and, and you know, have like a high credit, you know, with, you know, tastemakers as it were. And I'm like, lyrically, there's not a lot here why why do these guys get a pass and so when yeah when we started doing the show it was like well, let's see are are these lyrics abs abhorrent and juvenile as they say And sometimes they are and sometimes they surprise you there was a song on there called faggot yeah it's like, yeah what do you do with yeah. that
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> there sure was it's a it's a slog sometimes <laughs> just
1: gotta
2: power through
3: it every now and then which is funny because if you listen to our corn episode we uh you hear like five minutes of me defending that song and about how it wasn't as bad as you think it was Uh, (laughs) yeah uh, i mean
1: yeah we've uh yeah i think it's 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 i don't know maybe we've just luckily gone through a lot of really super offensive albums but i feel like we haven't had like I feel like it's been a few episodes since we've had a song about like murdering a woman and burying her somewhere. Like it's been a little mm-hmm. bit,
4: right? No, nah, it's not been yeah. that long. It yeah. has listening listening been that long. You need to start uh, doing
3: screamo uh, bands. You'll be fine.
4: Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it, I was actually very surprised because like a lot of like the more popular bands were a lot worse about their treatment of women than the less popular bands generally speaking so I kind of expected that we would get it would just be like non-stop and as it turns out like I think a majority of the bands like lyrically at least I don't know about their like actions in the world but like lyrically It's more about, like, being angry and people wronging them. It's not, like, specifically, you know, like, you are a bitch, (laughs) you, like, whatever. So that was kind of a pleasant surprise for me. And also, like, we, you know, hear from our listeners a lot, and I've only been called a whole once one yeah. time Justly speaking people have been very like respectful so was that, that the was itunes sort of a review answer.
3: yeah i love yeah. that it's still like the top one is like
4: i hate the whole well it's yeah. wrong it's simply well, wrong too it.
3: they don't even know who the hosts are they mix your yeah. guys' names up um because i always check it every now and again to see how close to 100 it is and like <laughs> it's like <laughs> holy shit and then i check mine and i'm like fuck we're nowhere near 100 but it like, it's uh
4: promise them that you'll talk about ICPs. i we'll know right
3: apparently that's the secret to success right like, yeah you
4: can race and see who gets there first <laughs>
3: right oh my goodness but yeah that that was uh and it's weird too because i expected like when i went in when i went in a red because i i read itunes review i read reviews for fucking everything it's like i'm obsessed with reviewing reviewers review like all that stuff and um So when I was reading through that, I expected there to be a lot more meathead in it than there actually was. Like there is, there's a few notable examples, but like, yeah, for the most part, um, it's one of those like, man, maybe I judge these new metal people a little too harshly, you know, like they're, uh, they're actual real life people just like me and you.
4: Yeah. I well, I think, uh, and, and I know we've been going for a while here, but like, uh, I think most of the meatheads like left and moved on to other things. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. moved on to I hate think breed. Yeah. If, like- if you're still listening to new metal and you still care enough to like listen to a podcast that is two hours of like three people in a basement talking about an album song by song, you're probably not just some like thoughtless dickhead bro. Like those yeah. guys are. They've moved
5: know.
0: on to way other things,
4: yeah, they're 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 doing something else now, yeah. you know, so, uh, but I was surprised because that was like my that's what I thought too. I was like, I better brace myself because whatever I say, I'm gonna hear about it. and I was wrong. I'm glad to say I was wrong. Look <laughs> like, I don't really it's all been very respectful disagreement, which is something that we like to say,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we talk about that a lot, and I think Lauren was about to take it, so I'll give it over to him.
1: I mean, I think, yeah, well, uh, when we first, um, yeah, when we first started the show, I remember Jenny saying to me, um, like, I'm not going to read anything online, um, and I'm just going to let you handle all of that, and we'll, you know, because things could get toxic just because of how things are, and I think early on, we, I mean, like, anytime we'd get a post or a comment and stuff, it was like, oh, how's this going to go, but we've kind of really set a tone, of,, uh, like, yeah, like Matt was saying, like respectful disagreement, like you know, sometimes you're gonna not like something that you love, and, you know, but we don't hate you. It's, you know, it's all good. We want to hear from people. And I think everyone's responded to that. And yeah, we don't really have, we don't have fights in our comments. We don't have people sending vicious stuff because we didn't, you know, I mean, here's the funny thing. when people don't like what we've said about a band that they love, they just stop listening, and we don't hear from them ever again. Which right. is what happened after the Three Eleven episode. Yeah, people really. Like, listen anymore? Yeah,
5: huh.
1: um, <laughs> yeah. Hey Joe, don't <laughs> yeah. listen to that episode. The people that we personally know He'll who like we're friendly one. with yeah. were like, yeah, we. You were too mean to Three Eleven, so good luck. But we're not going to listen anymore. <laughs> as a fan, they're too easy to be mean to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> again, as a fan, when you really sit there and listen to it, or like me, you watch the five-hour DVD. That they did for their 20-year anniversary or however many years it was. I looked at it and I said, everybody in there is high. No yeah. wonder they
3: think this is awesome. They're hey. hearing something way different than <laughs> they're, we're They're hearing, not yet. hearing like, what like, I hear.
4: Everybody's yeah. got their thing, man. That's, That's right. Donuts. Right. So Go the nuts. counter is at Enjoy what, an hour
3: and 41 minutes. I'm not looking at the counter. I'm looking at our prestigious guests. Oh, well, I'm looking at both. They're on the same monitor. And, and this
5: beer. <laughs> it's,
3: yeah. Yeah, we're the beer podcast. We're like, if you if you ever are just literally so bored and lonely that you decide to listen to an episode of Discography Discussion, you can definitely hear the episodes where I've had like four or five like nine percent ipas like by the end of it and it's like <laughs> it, it, it turns into total pandemonium, pandemonium and i can't even believe we still have people downloading after those i was like maybe we should put our beers away like i don't see a beer on any of their stuff <laughs> any
1: alcohol
4: don't let that stop
3: oh no we were
1: we were drinking pretty good for a while there i know I went back and listened like I'm pretty drunk on the slipknot the first slipknot episode and
4: I'm Jenny drunk and I on the Kid Rock episode. Yeah. I'm just straight up drunk I think on the Kid Rock episode. Well, I don't know so. if you guys
3: I don't know if you guys are like me but this is the only fun thing I do anymore. <laughs> so it's like literally one of those like this is the only night that I'm not cuz I have I've got you know I've got 3 kids so it's like A lot. you know yeah A lot. like
4: Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah.
3: But yeah, ex- like getting... I'm expecting my first, so I'm Oh, totally... that's awesome. Thanks, man. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? I'm gonna be surprised. Awesome. We wanted to yeah. do that, but like I am not, like I'm too much like I can't. Like I have to know everything. Where was I going with that? Oh yeah. So this is the only fun thing I do during the week. So when I get here, some nights I'm like, guys, we're going to put on a really professional show tonight. We're gonna, we're gonna impress, <laughs> we're gonna impress planet Earth in general. There, are people that didn't, <laughs> people that didn't even listen to metal before are now going to become metalheads because of the great words that we've said tonight. And then other nights I'm like, so. This album just sucks In comparison to the other one I mean <laughs> yeah. I mean What the f- What were they thinking You know <laughs> Sounds like They're, In flames you, all over You were there
4: What were they doing What guys were you doing Yeah, yeah.
5: Right Kid I was- mean that
4: was like The power with which I came at Kid Rock Was just like <laughs> Not Jesus. liking it to begin with But also being jungle Like oh yeah Kid Rock You <laughs> stupid <laughs> Fucking asshole It's a piece of shit Yeah You <laughs> <Can't laughs> are Bubbles up anybody's Butthole Like <laughs> right. I just i don't even remember if that was the same album but (laughs) that's it that's it that's That's the same album i I think we've all we've all had our (laughs) a little too
1: toasty yeah we've
4: all various levels flying close to the sun there
3: (laughs) right (laughs) there's music
2: reviewing and then there's let me tell you what i really think
3: oh geez well i really appreciate you guys taking your time out because um we uh it definitely made my night and uh if anybody that's listening to this uh, has not heard the Roach Coach podcast, I mean, what the hell? <laughs> um, yes, what the hell? What the actual hell? Um, you can actually find them under Roach Coach if you go on iTunes. Um, are you guys? You guys are on all the major platforms, aren't you? Yeah. yeah I uh, we're we're not on TuneIn
0: yet um, because I
3: haven't talked to Lauren about it, but I think we're on we're on everything else. TuneIn Radio is really cool because you could actually tell an Amazon Echo. Uh, you know, Alexa, play the latest episode of Roach Coach podcast, and they'll do it. That's awesome. Wow. Did you really just yeah, steal okay. my plug? Yeah, that's our plug. You son we of a we bitch. every yeah every episode we're like, if you ask Alexa to play the latest episode of Discography Discussion, she will. You know, um, so tune in okay. is tune in is awesome. Um, but you can find Roach Coach anywhere you find podcasts, um, and Google's also a thing. Definitely, if you're a, if you're a Discography Discussion fan, um, you know, definitely. If you if you like what we do, you're gonna definitely love what they do. Thank you very much, and thank you so much. We're all yeah. kind of we didn't want to jump on it because we know
0: how Skype works with that, but um, thank you, thank you so much.
4: Yeah, thank you very much for having us on. This was super thank fun. You. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's it it definitely our pleasure. So, you guys ever
3: want to come back and talk about a new metal band in its entirety? <laughs> Don't be afraid to let us know. Yeah. Okay we'll be there or we can recap like here here's my idea we can recap like the first time you get through you get through a band's discography over the course of the show that's whenever you come on here and recap with us over the whole Ooh. thing oof
4: sounds good
3: yeah
1: all right we'll be back on to talk
3: about all those cold albums oh.
1: you no.
5: motherfucker <laughs>
3: Oh, shit, I think my wife's having a baby. I gotta go.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> where's everybody going? <laughs> yeah. uh, the room is empty. The room,
5: room just empties. Weird, we'll, leave the we'll leave the I recorder on, pregnant. guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have
3: to go. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking cold. Jenny <laughs> just
4: flushed herself down the toilet. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, You wouldn't think a human body could just go. But.
5: <laughs> there I go. Okay.
3: Bye. All uh, right. It also doesn't help that you look identical to our friend Mike, so there's that. Sorry about
5: that.
3: <laughs> yeah, again, what but the I'm hell? To see it. Mike was at
0: the last meeting of balding guys with beards. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I got to stop drinking. This
2: has been episode 38 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Roach Coach can be found at gabbermedia.com forward slash Roach Coach. That's Coach with a K for all you grammar fanatics. You can also find them on Facebook and on Twitter at Roach Coach and on all major podcasting platforms. Thanks, guys, for hanging out with us, and we will be doing this again very soon. See you in the future.